This is the Frontier of Finance, the podcast that covers the hottest new funds and important milestones of marquee funds in Canada. On the Frontier, we go directly to the source, interviewing portfolio managers, executives, and sales leaders at the top asset management firms. Stay on top of the latest innovations, react to market trends, and make better investment decisions for your clients. I'm your host, James Rockwood, and I'm welcoming you to the Frontier of Finance. On today's episode, we're talking about healthcare investing. Healthcare as a sector to invest in has come to the forefront as a result of COVID-19. From pharmaceuticals to biotechnology, the health sector is moving quickly, and investors are keen to get in on these rapid advancements. To learn more about this, we're delving into the TD Global Healthcare Leaders Index ETF, aptly named TDOC, it was launched in April 2021. Joining me today is Jonathan Needham, Vice President of ETF Distribution at TD Asset Management. Jonathan joined TD in 2020 with over 20 years of experience in the Canadian investment industry, filling roles including senior sales exec, senior marketing exec, sales coach, and more. He's responsible for ETF distribution in Canada and works closely with the TD Wholesaling and National Accounts team to differentiate TD ETF offerings. Jonathan, thanks for joining me on the Frontier. Thanks, James. Uh, Thanks for having me. So let's dive right into it. We're talking about healthcare and healthcare investing today. Going to be focusing a bit on a, a newly launched TD Healthcare ETF. So coming out, seeing it's coming out in April this year, 2021, are investors keen on entering the global healthcare space now because of COVID-19 or are there other reasons? And why is it important today? Thanks, James. Yeah, we're really excited. We, we launched this product, ticker TDOC, uh, back in April of this year. And yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, awareness of healthcare has undoubtedly increased uh, due to COVID. You know, but the thesis that many have that, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic means that every healthcare product and treatment will be kind of fast-tracked to market and that every disease-fighting pharmaceutical company, therefore, is a surefire winner is not the case. But it's not why one should be looking at healthcare stocks today from our perspective. So it's not the pandemic. It's really demographics and innovation, which were driving kind of broad-based growth even before the deadly virus ripped through the globe. And so, you know, you've seen kind of, I'll say, some of the companies within our ETF have really benefited, particularly, you know, the likes of Moderna and Biotech and Pfizer, which they've led the way in the vaccine development. But some other names have suffered, right? For example, medical device companies that produce things like pacemakers and artificial heart valves, uh, surgical robots, because all of those surgeries were put on hold during the pandemic. And so the good news is a lot of those parts of the market have recovered quite a bit so far in 2021. And so we believe healthcare is a very attractive innovative and a secular growing industry, benefiting from sticky demand, volume growth, and low economic sensitivity. But the main things that are driving the healthcare sector is demographics and innovation. And so within demographics, are you thinking kind of it's being more on aging populations, aging boomers, and then is it becoming more in the minds of, um, similar to let's say ESG, in the minds of retail customers? And so that's kind of potentially one of the reasons why and it's rising as well, pandemic aside. 
Yeah, certainly. I mean, demographics being one of the biggest drivers, which is going to continue for quite some time because of the aging population, particularly in the developed markets. COVID helped obviously bring more attention. I didn't think I would ever see people lining up and demanding a brand of a vaccine. Um, so most people didn't even know who Moderna and Pfizer and were in the past. And so certainly that's helped draw attention to the market. But, you know, for long-term investors, particularly us here at TD Asset Management, we've always seen attractive value and stronger growth at better valuations in the healthcare sector. And I think now as uh, consumers have been brought to the attention of the healthcare space and then have looked at the multi-decade risk-adjusted returns, they're that much more interested in making sure they have that exposure within their portfolios. And I think it was a good point you brought up earlier where, you know, there have been some winners and losers in the past year since the pandemic. And so when looking at investing in healthcare, what are some of the things that an investor or an advisor should consider before sort of diving in? Yeah, I mean, there's a fairly short list. First, cost. Obviously, you want to manage your costs. The, the less cost hurdle that you have to invest in this space, the more returns you're going to keep. Secondly, accessibility. So how easy it is for you to get that exposure. And then I would I would argue exposure in, in general. What exposure are you looking for? What's the best exposure for my portfolio? At TD Asset Management, we would argue that global is certainly the more prudent way to go. And I'll say a larger number of small bets in order to capture that market. Value, you know, what are the valuations in that market relative to the broad market, and then capturing like a lot of these kind of key themes that we're seeing in the healthcare space. And so, you know, from cost, exposure, diversification, and more importantly, you know, what are my risk-adjusted returns and my expectations for this market? And I don't know if you know this, but healthcare happens to be the second largest sector of the S&P 500. It also has earnings that have outpaced the broader market for multiple decades, and it also happens to have less volatility. And so healthcare earnings historically have grown at about 10% annually relative to the broad market of six. And so, you know, it's, a, it's an area of the market that has served investors well, and obviously cost, diversification, accessibility are key when looking at what, a, what type of vehicle I'm going to use to get that exposure. And I know we alluded to it earlier, and, and as part of the frontier, our aim is to cover new products and, and new fund launches. And, and we saw that TDAM launched um, the TD Global Healthcare Leaders Index ETF, TDOC, in April this year. I understand it, it, it's tracking index. And so when it comes to that and, and, and discussing a bit of that, I, I think you've touched on some of these points, but what is it looking to provide uh, for investors? It's that sort of lower cost, more diversified approach. Can you talk a little bit about which index it, it is, why you picked that one and, and some of the benefits of it? First off, you should know when we were developing this ETF for the healthcare sector, what was key for us is we didn't want to replicate the existing healthcare ETFs that were in the marketplace. Uh, we thought that there was a better way to bring a solution to investors, particularly Canadians, which tend to have a fairly large home bias. And so there was a couple of things that we looked at first and foremost was one, we wanted to have input on the index methodology. And so we partnered with a you know, German-based index provider named Selective, who we've partnered with in, in many of our products, uh, which allows us to give input and input from our portfolio managers and analysts in terms of the construction methodology and the type of securities we're trying to get exposure to. And so there was one thing that kind of made, there, there's a few things that make us unique in the market relative to our competitors. One, it's global in nature. Sure, it's, you know, 60, 63% US equity healthcare stocks today, but still, you know, 
almost 40% non-US. And so the majority of Canadians today that are getting exposure are only getting uh, exposure to US stocks. So A, we wanted to be global. B, there's two other solutions that are most common in the Canadian marketplace. One is equal weighting and the other is market cap weighting. And from our perspective, there's some uh, challenges with both of those strategies. When you market cap weight, you get massive exposure to the mega caps. Nothing wrong with these companies, tried and true. We own them as well. Um, but we put a 2% cap on any one security, which essentially limits the um, exposure to the big farmers, which tend to be slower growth companies. So, you know, by doing that, you're getting, I'll say, a, a more diversified portfolio, first and foremost. The second way that many of our competitors do it is, is equal weight. Again, not a bad solution, but when you equal weight, you're putting overweight to smaller and mid-cap names, which is going to increase your volatility. And so we wanted to build an index that took advantage of where we see larger growth and better secular trends in the market, which is large caps and mid-cap names, while still getting exposure to those mega-cap names, and obviously doing it in, in a, in a low-cost uh, structure. Now, from a philosophy perspective, uh, without going too deep, our ETF targets what our portfolio manager calls the three Ds of healthcare. The companies that discover drugs, the companies that develop widgets, and the companies that deliver services. And so we wanted to capture these three Ds uh, in addition to kind of what we call six key verticals that capture innovation in the healthcare space. Things like, you know, genomic-based diagnostics, genomic-based therapies, uh, antibody and small molecule therapies, virtual care, intelligent medical devices, and computer aid drug discovery. So there's a lot there, but it gives you an idea of the diversification of the exposure and the secular trends that you're getting when you're purchasing our ETF. Well, I think that's a really important point, too, because if you hear about an index ETF, you, you tend to think that it's it's following some sort of well-established or you know established by a third-party type index. And to, to know that you've got a hand in it, you have a PM, you were active in creating the index, I think that's super important and, and is a good point to actually segue us into the next sort of section, which is talking a bit about sort of how advisors can leverage this with their clients. So if I'm an advisor, who's this fund for from my client base? And how do I want to position it to that client? You know, you know, when we built this product, it was really to help close the home bias gap that Canadians have. So first and foremost, we wanted to build a product that gave them that exposure because we know the longer term outcomes are better when you have a more broadly diversified portfolio. And then secondly, we want to do it in such a way that was more palatable to the Canadian investor, to do it in such a way that reduced volatility relative to other solutions um, by being global, by a larger number of small bets, by having a cap on the mega caps, to making sure we're getting exposure to these secular trends. And so for us, we look at it as a how to clients and how to advise position this within a portfolio, I would say there's a, there's a few ways. Is, is one, story selling for sure. I think the pandemic has helped bring attention to the healthcare space. And so it's a real easy story to tell Canadians today uh, the importance of healthcare for our health, but also the importance of healthcare for our future wealth. The second thing is to offer our investors a second opinion on your portfolio. Because if you don't have 5 to 10% of your portfolio in healthcare today, then you're underweight that sector, that sector that provides better returns at a lower volatility. And so it's a very great way to add a, to your portfolio to increase diversification and provide better outcomes. And then the third way an advisor should be thinking about this is really it's a great tool to get in the way of money uh, and cash flow. A majority of the money today are going to more long-term secular trends, uh, particularly as we see the transfer of wealth happen to the younger generation. They're very in tune with what's happening 
happening and how, what's happening quickly in the marketplace. And so healthcare captures a lot of these thematics, these long-term secular trends that are happening in the marketplace. And so everything from story selling to providing a second opinion to essentially getting in the way of the flows is, is why an advisor should be looking at this as a prudent way to reduce risk and add diversification and better outcomes for their clients. So you're not really looking for like a specific archetype of client. This is something that you're sort of saying should be broadly positioned within any client's uh, portfolio. And using in the fact that obviously with COVID, it's it's top of mind. A lot of these formerly unfamiliar brands are becoming more familiar and then being able to talk a bit about how to get more exposure and then to bring it up for existing clients who may be talking about it more or bring it up as something that could be important for them. And in that, and as you're using that, Fun. So, okay, I've, I've got my healthcare exposure. I've got TDOC. I'm looking to insert it into a portfolio. How am I going to want to use that in a portfolio? And then what should I try to pair it with to, to make sure that it's, it's you know, going to be well positioned for a client? Simply, most investors should have about 5 to 10% of their portfolio in healthcare. So the first thing is to look at what is the exposure they have today, and let's adjust by utilizing TDOC to make sure they're, they're at that appropriate uh, mix. So depending on the current allocation, obviously, you're, you're going to add TDOC to make them get up to that 5 to 10% kind of allocation. It actually happens to pair really well with technology. We have another ETF, uh, TEC, uh, which is our Global Leaders Technology ETF, again, built with input, uh, but tracks and index and has been, you know, our most successful ETF in the Canadian marketplace. And again, a lot of these long-term secular trends that we see in the marketplace with, you know, companies that got really, really strong future cash flow, strong growth. The pandemic has also brought to the attention the acceleration of the adoption of technology. So you've generated awesome returns is, is the reality. And that's something that we think will hold true for quite some time. And so the difference being is healthcare is a little bit more defensive. And so having TDOC with in the portfolio is going to lower your volatility, increase your diversification, take advantage of a secular trend. Technology is a little bit more volatile, but most of it has been extremely positive volatility. And so when you pair those two together, you're really capturing a lot of the global longer term secular trends. And they do really well as, as uh, I'll say, core satellite positions to a diversified portfolio. That's a really interesting point. You know, I would have thought that there could have been some overlap between technology and and healthcare, given obviously both are, are you know biotech or tech driven. There's there's advancement, like they follow a lot of similar broad based sort of innovation in in my head, and so I wouldn't have necessarily thought that pairing it with tech would have been the obvious solution. But how is this fund going to perform differently from from other funds? Some of your potentially more, let's say, more traditional equity funds, you're going to be in broad based U.S. equity or broad based Canadian equity. How is it going to perform relative to those? Should we expect it to perform like any other equity type fund or what's distinct about healthcare? Yes, it'll have a high correlation to all equities, as, as most do. We seem to be in a world that where there's a you know, continually increasing high correlation across all equities to one another. But within the healthcare sector, um, you know, it's trading today at approximately 17 times forward earnings compared to the S&P, which is trading at around 22 times forward earnings. So I would argue the long-term prospects of the sector should not get lost, uh, even after uh, hopefully this COVID pandemic uh, is in our rearview mirror. And then really, when you look at the type of returns, you're getting beta. You're getting beta exposure. So you're getting market exposure. So you're going to get the returns of that underlying market. It's physically backed, you know, market cap weighted, you know, other than the 2% cap on the security. So uh, it's going to perform a little bit differently than pure beta because of that 2% cap. It's going to perform differently than the equal weight strategies 
because of its, I'll say, weighting more appropriately and prudently to the larger cap name. So it's going to be a little bit more defensive. And I would argue over time, it, sh- it will provide better risk-adjusted returns than the broad market. Healthcare sector has done for the past 30 years. And based on today's valuations, there's no reason not to expect it to continue to do so for the next 10, 20, 30 years, particularly when you think about the demographics and innovation that continues to accelerate to help support the thesis for healthcare. As advisors are thinking about healthcare, they're thinking about trying to get clients exposure to this, but also that whole idea of a more holistic discussion with clients, trying to find out what's important to them, whether it be some strategies and some sort of trending and and newly um, more relevant, I'd say, or newly more uh, popular type strategies like ESG. As advisors are trying to find a way to talk to their clients um, beyond just investments about other types of goals, you know, how can advisors use TDOC and a healthcare type product to to try to grow their business? That is a really good point about the uh, the review and, and being able to to to, uh, to leverage that from a one percent to try to get them to that five to ten percent you spoke about. How else can they use the fund to to drive and grow their business? First and foremost, like I said before, story selling. If if they're not talking to their clients and their prospects a day about the innovation and the broader kind of themes that are happening in the marketplace, like you said, that you know the aging population, so demographics, the broader themes of embracing technology, and look how quickly you know a vaccine was was built for this scary virus that we've all been living through. And so, I think talking about that is is key. I think the second thing is, you know, the average age of advisors today, you know, depending on which group you look at, is you know closer to sixty years old. And and so, you know, advisors today, in order to continue to have high retention and successful practice and succession, they're going to want to capture uh, the next generation of wealth. And the younger generation is very well researched, is, is very well in tune what's going on with the market conditions and very well in tune, particularly with these thematic secular trends that are let's be honest, sexy and exciting. And so you want to be having these conversations with your clients and their clients' children so that they're know and they're aware that you know how to capture those exciting stories that are happening in the marketplace, albeit, I'll say, in, in a very prudent, low-cost way, which, again, is, is tailoring to that, that marketplace. And so, you know, I, I would argue that there's everything from kind of making sure they're telling the story, our advisors offering their clients a second opinion or their prospects on a second opinion of their portfolios, because there are, as I mentioned, a lot of Canadians that are underweight technology and underweight healthcare in particular. And so bringing the, uh, that to the client's attention relative to who they may be working with today, particularly if they're running their money on their own, you know, they're going to be better suited under the guidance of an advisor who's continuously watching and monitoring these trends. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense and is a really good point. If you're talking about an advisor and and you're trying to find a way to to differentiate for your client or to, to show that you're looking after their, their best interests and that you're on top of things you know bringing this up bringing up the the difference potentially showing them hey we're right now we're underweight healthcare this is going to be a really nice way to bring up another piece that both shows you're following trends you're trying to react to changes in the world but that you're also finding things out that are going to be important for that client and going beyond just just pure play um, investment selection to that. So as, as the trend of, of wealth continues to shift more and more towards that holistic approach, I think this is a really awesome opportunity to use that type of fund and that effort. 
I would agree with you, James. Yeah, I would echo. I mean, you know, we're, we're fortunate because with TDOC, you know, you, you've got a global mandate, you've got about 152 uh, different stocks, so you're all diversified. Uh, from a risk perspective, it, it's classified as medium risk. And so that's really important, particularly in today's environment, right? We, we had a really difficult market last year, right? And, and from the March bottoms, we've now kind of caught up and superseded where we were previously. And so clients are starting to look at valuations and look at stocks and what are our kind of return expectations going forward. Uh, and maybe we need to de-risk a little bit in order to preserve this capital that we have. And so healthcare is going to continue to do that. It also doesn't hurt that the average market cap in, in this ETF is about $137 billion. So these are large established companies. Yes, you're capturing the growth of some of these exciting themes, um, both from the small and the and, and the mid-cap stocks. But for the most part, um, you know, these are very stable, uh, steady eddy firms that have been in business for multiple decades. And so I, I would say that it's prudent to have uh, in a portfolio long term, as you mentioned, uh, you're going to create better outcomes. Uh, but I would argue based on where you are today, uh, even more important to start to look at valuations and taking some risk off the table and getting a little bit more defensive uh, within our equity bucket in particular. And I think that brings us to our final question around this. I mean, what's your team's long-term view on the market in the healthcare space? We're bullish. We're very bullish on healthcare. We've got an attractive valuation entry point today. You've got those two kind of major drivers of, of demographics and innovation. And so, you know, there, there's no reason to think that the uh, return expectations from healthcare are going to be better than the broader market. I mean, that's what our capital markets model would, would suggest. And so uh, the healthcare space looks very, very attractive. The great thing about it, too, is as you mentioned earlier, it, it's not a trade, it's a plug into a portfolio and that way you go, right? Like you, you, you put it in, you put TDOC in your portfolio, you wake up 30, 40 years later uh, and you look at your statement. You don't need to kind of try to time the, the secular trends within healthcare because of the way that it's weighted, you're going to capture that as the themes and, and things change. And as I mentioned, obviously, a lot of the performance would have been driven over the last couple of years by these brand names that have really been helping us with this vaccine and, and helping take care of our, our citizens. But now as we're reopening, it's now these other names that are starting to benefit and their, their revenue is starting to, to, to grow again. And so that's the you know, real benefit of having a prudent strategy with a large number of holdings. That's amazing. I think that's a really good rationale and, and I think it's an easy one for both investors and retail customers to understand. So as you're trying to talk a bit about why you think it's not just good today and not just reactionary, I think it's a great point. That point about opening up and some of the other ones who've been losing in the past are now starting to see their revenues recover and, and starting to experience that growth, I think is uh, is great. Before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to cover off around TDOC or around the fund in, in particular? Yeah, certainly. Thanks, James. I always love the last little plug here. Obviously, you know, we've had a great success with this product. So thanks to all the advisors and all the individual investors tuning in today for your support and your continued kind of partnership and support of, of our product. We know that we've got, I'll say, a long-term winner here. We know that we've brought something to the market that's differentiated. And, you know, I can commit to you that TD Asset Managers is going to continue to do that. So stay tuned for additional kind of launches in the future. But our, our, I'll say our partnership with Selective and our global leaders philosophy and strategies and index methodology is something that we're going to continue to uh, bring to the Canadian market because we see there's gaps. Despite the fact that there's over a thousand ETFs in the Canadian marketplace today, there are still some gaps, particularly where we think today investors are taking, I'll say, large concentrated bets on very niche 
secular themes. And uh, I think there's a better way to get that exposure. And, and TDOC is certainly one of them, uh, in addition to our, our tech ETF. So that's all I'll say is, is thanks for tuning in. Thanks, James, for having us today. And uh, I look forward to future conversations. Thank you so much. At Cap Intel, we're advocates for holistic wealth management. What that means to me is to go beyond investment management and to connect client investments to their own personal and financial goals. We're not just talking tax, financial planning, and required rates of return. We need to react to changes and let clients know you're watching these trends. The world has changed. Show them you're aware of it. Whether you invest in healthcare or not, tell your client. If you believe in it, it's a great way to get an exposure. If you don't, tell them that as well. It lets clients know you're following trends and making decisions in their best interest. Have a call with a client about healthcare. Tell them why you want to give them exposure or tell them why not. Either way, they'll be happier on top of it. Thank you for tuning into this episode and thanks again to Jonathan for joining us. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, drop us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you soon for our next episode.